Welcome everybody to the next episode of the Cannabis Review. We're going to be talking all things investing, both US, Canadian and European on this episode. And I'm delighted to be joined in this episode by one of the top influencers on social media and Twitter and in retail investing at the moment, Roger, AK Puff Daddy. How are you keeping, Roger? You well? Oh, I'm well. I'm doing well here in Canada, enjoying the weather. Finally, we're out of the snow. So yes, uh, things are looking up in Canada here. So happy to join you. Great to have you on the show. So I've been uh, following you on Twitter and going through some of the Reddit, Reddit guys, and you guys seem to be uh, one of the top sources of information when it comes to the industry outside of the media organization. So I thought, what better than to get you on and kind of help educate everybody while we can. So I'm going to maybe jump straight into the first topic. And if you could give everybody a little overview of the what's an American MSO versus Canadian MSO and why are, uh, why would you take a position on one over the other? Yeah, so we'll start with uh, Canada. Um, that's basically where I started uh, my investing in the cannabis space back in 2015. Um, in Canada, we uh, announced in 2017 that uh, cannabis was going to be legal in, in, in Canada and um, a huge, huge opportunity for investing. Uh, we had companies such as Canopy Growth, uh, Aurora Cannabis, um, uh, Hexo, uh, T-God, um, Afria, um, Tilray, all, all large uh, Canadian names. And there was quite a bit of excitement going into legalization. Um, the, back then, the, the big thing that was driving uh, stock prices, especially in the Canadian space, was uh, licensing, um, and build outs. So it seemed like every time that Canopy or Aurora or Tilray announced an acquisition or expansion of their cultivation or a, a new million square foot cultivation center, the stock prices seemed to really, really, uh, uh, take notice and, and jump up in price. Um, unfortunately, what happened when the day actually of recreation happened, uh, there weren't enough retailers out in the space to actually sell the product. So we had an abundance of, of plant and, and uh, flower to sell. But uh, the market, because we had not enough retail, especially in our larger provinces, such as Quebec and Ontario, um, made things really, really tough initially on, on the large uh, Canadian LPs. Um, and ever since then, they've been struggling to, to get that supply-demand equilibrium um, uh, at a right point. And we've seen a lot of closures now with uh, Canadian LPs with the amount of cultivation that we had, just too much supply. Um, the demand is there but uh, the amount of supply that we had in Canada. So um, back in 2018, um, the US um, names started popping up on, on stock exchanges like the CSC and the OTC. Now, obviously it was the beginning stages. There were some, some states that were recreational such as California, um, Colorado, that uh, had huge markets, but there's lots of opportunities in the medical space. Certain states had 
medical programs. Some states had medical and recreation programs, and that's where um, I thought it was a good time to transition from the Canadian names uh, to the U.S. names. So that's when I really started to change my focus to U.S. MSOs. Yeah, it seems interesting from the outside. It seems with Canada that the way to move your stock price is basically growth. And if there's no consumers to buy your product, then it's acquisitions of the facilities or growth of facilities where I think America seems to be the complete opposite, where there's a huge consumer base ready there. And uh, I think it's about getting the product to those consumers as opposed to the flip side with Canada. Yeah, and, and like Canada was a different bird in the fact that basically you had all these licenses and cultivation licenses awarded before the program started. And so you had this massive buildup of, of like I say, cultivation, but you didn't even really know what your market was going to be in Canada. And at that time, the the Canadian LPs were being ha handsomely rewarded with, you know, uh, straight up arrow uh, stock price moves of like 20, 30% a day. I mean, that was the golden age of cannabis where, you know, an announcement of an M&A deal uh, between two companies for $3 billion, uh, you know, companies like Canopy would go up like 30%, 40% in a day. Um, and that seemed to really, really be the talk of the town uh, back in 2017, 2018, excuse me. So uh, in the U.S., it's a lot different because it's a lot more restrictive, especially when it comes to medical licensing. There's typically limited amount of retail licenses awarded, uh, typically limited amount of cultivation licenses awarded. So it kind of keeps in check. Uh, the amount of retail and, and and the amount of cultivation available. So typically, that that helps keep keeping prices pricing a bit stronger uh, longer term. Now, eventually, supply will catch up to that demand, and you will see a little bit compression on pricing. But then there's the opportunity for some of these uh, medical markets to turn recreational, and then you're opening it up to a whole new consumer base. So. Uh, it's very interesting. It's very complex though in the States. And obviously we've seen the last 14, 15 months, uh, some price compression uh, in the US. And I think that's mainly due or a lot of us feel that a lot of that's coming from the lack of federal um, legislation or or help by the, the federal government, especially the Democrats to get anything uh, done to, uh, to move uh move the industry along so yeah do you tell me is, is the big thing between them the access to capital do you think is that the the, the safe bank connect is the hindrance because one of the next topics i want to talk about was the m a activity and i've been kind of wondering is the access to cap capital in canada going to allow for those companies to do mergers and acquisitions in the u.s space and take their footprint via that model or do you think the, the the likes of New York legalize it now with everything on sale from September? The capital markets are generally in New York and you'll get access to capital if you're a company based on that uh, territory. Yeah. So like when it comes to safe banking and access to capital, I think, uh, you know, you've got almost two different two different things going on in the U.S. You have your top MSOs. We call them tier ones, your, your top, say, five. Uh, MSOs from Cureleaf, 
uh, Green Thumb, uh, TrueWeave, Cresco Labs, uh, Verano. Uh, you can even add another company or two in the, in the mix. But typically those companies, their access to capital, they seem to be, you know, able to, to you know, raise money through debt or if they wanted to do uh, shares. But at, at this point, because the share prices have been compressed, a lot of them have issued debt, debt and they're getting rates around 8%. Um, if if safe banking was was uh, available, chances are the rates would have been a, a little bit lower than that. Could have been, you know, four or five percent at the time. But those companies aren't struggling for capital. I think where you're seeing the the big uh, issue is when you start talking about social equity uh, licensing and, and smaller business when they don't have access to loans from banks to you know, start a dispensary or open up a store, it makes things really tough. And it, even if they do have access, the rates that they're paying are a lot more than the top uh, tier uh, US MSOs at 8%. You, you, I've seen I've seen companies that have been getting like 25%, 30%, which is almost loan shark pricing. So, and that's, and, that, and that's if you can even access that uh, type of capital. So, um, yeah, there is a bit of a, a divergence, but I mean, still being listed on the OTC and CSE has given uh, the publicly traded MSOs access to to capital that's allowed them to expand quite a bit over the last two three years. Very interesting. Next topic I wanted to talk to you about is your market position. Have you looked at all in terms of the European sector? Obviously, you probably know about Germany legalizing over here, or is it still a couple of years away for retail investors like yourself to be taking positions in European companies? Yeah, obviously, uh, with ger the announcement in Germany, that opened a lot of eyes. Um, I, I have looked into the, the European market. I think it's still a little bit early, not saying that getting in a position now, um, depending on your, your timeline, right? Like if you're looking two to five years down the line, getting a, getting a, starting a position now certainly, uh, um, might be prudent considering, like you say, the Germany situation. Cause I think as Germany goes, you'll see other, just like in the US, you'll see, you know, gradually you'll see different states and, and, and in Europe, you're gonna see different countries uh, follow probably Germany, Israel, um, going forward, expanding those, uh, those markets. And it's a huge opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you think that some of these uh, American MSOs are going to have their way? Would you guys forecast with growth in Europe into your investment or are you guys strategically focus on, look, if we make X return across full legalization, federalization in America, that's enough for our position to make sense. Anything after that is going to be a bonus. Yeah, I, I mean, right now, I think that for me anyways, or my investment thesis is that the U.S. market is still, you know, in its infancy and has a long ways to go to maturity. And uh, I think, you know, we're talking like Rhode Island just announced they're the 19th state to, to uh, go recreational in the, in the U.S. 
Um, I think there's going to be large opportunities in, in, in places like Florida to go recreational, um, you know, two, three years down the line. Pennsylvania could be fairly close in, in, in the next year or two. Um, so for me right now, my focus is still on the U.S. There are some Canadian LPs and also uh, companies like Cureleaf that have um, some European um, assets and, and uh, uh, are starting to expand or, or, or focus a little bit more on Europe. But I think right now, because the market's still, um, you know, the announcement with Germany, I'm not exactly sure 100% um, how quickly uh, that's going to take take uh, place and then what kind of rules and regulations they're going to have. So um, they came back the other day saying that the new Minister for Health is going to rush it through this year. He came back last week saying that he's going to try and push this through and have something ready for the start of 2023. And, and, that would be, and that's great. But two, when it comes to something like that, the amount of time it takes to build a cultivation facility and then on top of that, like you have to get all your ducks in a row when it comes to environmental reviews and permitting and, and stuff like that. And then on top of that, once you finally get your facility built, it could take three to six months before you'll have an effect, you know, a product that you can sell to the consumers. So it's great. And I know there's existing facilities already, but if it happens like that, eventually the businesses will catch up, but it'll take some time, right? That's a lot of capital that's going to be required to build those facilities. And I'm sure there's lots of money available, whether it's private companies um, to take the, the opportunity forward. But uh, yeah, that's great. Like you say, the, the quicker, the better. And, and that's some of the problem we see with the U.S. market is that um, politicians don't do what's best for the constituents that they um, that they're leaders for, and, and sometimes delay things, and 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 uh, and it ends up just making it very cumbersome. Like New Jersey had probably a four to five month delay when they were supposed to start wreck, and and that had an impact on a lot of companies that had ramped up production uh, ex with the expectation of. Uh, of sales probably you know january february 2022 and and ended up being you know may before they got the got to open some stores so but yeah it's an exciting time for sure and i think it's there's a long way to go especially like you say uh europe's probably you know the dominoes will fall just like in uh, in the us when it comes to individual states so yeah, well, uh, I think you and I both probably see the same. There's going to be a couple of dominant brands in about 10 years' time that will have merged and uh, acquired pretty much everything out there. And it's whether you've got your dollars behind the Coca-Cola of this industry or the McDonald's or whatever the large-scale operators may be, it's going to be an interesting ride to see who that ends up being. Yeah, for sure. And like you say, uh, um, the brands and, and, and companies, like I think the news in Germany definitely opened some eyes. And I... I wouldn't be surprised if you do see maybe a few American companies uh, start to focus a little bit more what's going on in uh, on Europe. You know, there is an abundance of opportunities still in the in the U.S. It's early stages, but uh, 
uh, yeah, Europe could be a huge opportunity and obviously a, a country the size of Germany going, uh, going recreational will probably really start kickstarting the, uh, the cannabis craze in, uh, in Europe. So, yeah, I look forward to it very much. We've just come up to our time there. I want to thank you very much for joining us. Anybody who isn't following Puff Daddy Jr. on Twitter, I highly recommend it. There's also a great large Reddit group that talk about uh, US MSOs and Canadian MSOs. And again, another great source of information. Thank you very much for your time today, mate. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. Chat to you next episode. Mm-hmm.